Very good. So we're in this series called Starting Over. So if you're just joining us, um, I think this is going to be an impactful teaching series for you. Uh, for those of you who've been walking with us, we've dealt with uh, three things, and today, actually two things. Today we're going to deal with a third part of the formula. But before we get there, we have some exciting stuff that's taking place within New City Church, Shawnee Campus, that I want to bring your attention to. And the first one is this. We're, doing, we're hosting a Super Bowl watch party that we're calling Sober Sunday. Okay, And the reason we're calling it Sober Sunday is we want to provide a safe environment for you guys to come and watch the game. Because some of us come into this room, like, I'll mention this later, because I taught about a beach ball last week. But some of our uh, regrets that we carry uh, concern drugs and alcohol. That's not everybody's story, but it is several of our stories in the room. And um, the football is kind of a part of our culture, the Super Bowl. And we're going to give you a safe place where you can come watch that game without the temptations of drug or alcohol. And we're going to feed you really good food. So uh, where's Bob? I know Bob is in the room somewhere. Bob and Saber, why don't you guys stand on up? And this is the leaders of our community meal team. And they're going to be cooking food for us. And uh, there's not going to be a program. There's just going to be really good free food. And it, actually, if it's free, it doesn't have to be good. But we're going to make it good. Uh, good free food, and we're going to watch the game. It's going to take place in our student ministry space, uh, just on the other side of Dollar General. And so uh, and you say, well, I don't have an issue with drugs and alcohol. That's fine. We're still going to be watching the game. You're welcome. We're not going to ch- check for AA, AA cards as you walk in. It's open to everybody, right? And, uh, but we are going to provide a safe environment uh, for people to watch the game, so everyone is invited to that. Oh, except your kids. Your kids are not invited. This is an adult only. Uh, like my son Luke is six you don't enjoy anything when he's around and so like uh, yeah sorry um, next one is for our Luke's age and our teenagers raise your hand if you have a kid in uh, uh, elementary school middle school high school all right, I don't know who I'm talking to. All right, so these next two things are for you guys. We're going to be doing two events. One, a Mario Kart tournament for our students. That's um, junior high and high school students. And then we're also going to be doing a board game night for our first through sixth graders. And that's both on Wednesday night, February the 7th, okay? This is not a drop-your-kid-off event. This is a... Yeah, sorry. This is a... Yeah, wah, wah. This is a do life with your kid, have fun with your kid. My kids are all, uh, they're, they're uh, third grade, what grade are my kids in? Uh, third grade and first grade. And so me and Jen will be bringing our kids to the board game night, okay? And so it's an event for you to participate and play with your kids, right? Because sometimes we don't know how to do that, right? So we're going to have an event that we get to play with our kids and just have fun. But it's more than just an event for our family. It's also an event for the next family. And so I'm guessing that every person who has a kid in school, your child has friends at school, okay? And so what I'm asking you to do is to identify those friends and maybe their parents don't go to church anywhere. This is a fun, safe environment to invite your, your kids' friends and their parents to come play with them and do this event together. So it's February the 7th, right? It's a Wednesday night, and so if you just come with your kid, that's great, but if you bring somebody with you from your, your kid's school, that's fantastic, okay? It's a free event, no charge, and we're going to have a really good time. And finally, Open Table. An Open Table is what we're doing throughout 2018 to help connect several of you to other families in the church. And so if you want to be a part of an Open Table, man, you just take your uh, insert there, your bulletin that you got when you walked in, fill out that Connect card, and check, I want to be a part of an Open Table, and uh, we're going to get you connected as best we can this week uh, to go over to someone's home. And the open tables are currently following the weekend teaching. And so to kind of let you know what you're walking into, you're walking into free food at somebody's home. We love free food around here, right? But then we're also having three to five discussion questions that will follow today's teaching. So you don't have to talk, but if you want to participate in the conversation, you can. Today we're going to continue the formula of what we do with regret, right? And uh, speaking of regrets, we bought a dog uh, at Christmas time. <laughs> and I know some of you are dog people. 
And this little booger, his name's Buck. He's awesome. But it, I might get divorced. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, it's, like it, it, this weekend was a little rough with old Buck around. And uh, I, I consider taking Buck and giving him away. All right? We paid for Buck. And I'm going to take a hit financially. But, um, but Mama said, no, if you give the dog away, then she's the bad mama and the kids will grow up, you know, knowing that Mom gave their dog away. And I'm like, well, at least we'll be married, you know, and... <laughs> So, um, but I found the dog video that I thought would be, uh, he's a puppy and he's 10 weeks. And so God bless it, man. It's, um, I'd love to you that I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, so we're going to make it. Jen and I are going to make it. Um, but, um, but I found a video online about a dog. All right. And I think this works really well with how we oftentimes try to deal with regret. Let's watch this and see if we can kind of make some connections. They're trying to just make it through life. Anybody just trying to make it through life. You're just trying to make it, and you just can't get through. And then you, oh, wait, that's holding me back. And you let it go? Oh, wait, i got to pick it back up, right? And so we're, we're trying in this series to break this, what we call the sorry cycle. We're trying to break this, this cycle of longing and regret, meaning like we talked uh, this week or the past two weeks about the three types of regret, regrets of action. Those moments where you hit your forehead, you go, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just said that. Anybody ever done stupid stuff? Yes, everybody raises their hand, right? And then we talked about regrets of inaction. Where you kind of go through life and you start going, why didn't I take that? Why didn't I risk that? Why didn't I go for it? And you have these regrets of inaction. And then finally you have these regrets of reaction where something happens to you and it affects your life and it kind of gets you in this rut. And you have done certain things, formed certain habits ever since then because of what somebody else brought into your life. That divorce, that hurt, that pain. And it just kind of sits you and it's somebody else brought it. But now we have regrets of reaction. And so how do we break this cycle where we're like, you know what, I don't want to have this longing to be free, but then you create other. It's just, it's just this sorry cycle that we get into that we, because some of us have been going back and picking that stick up for years and years and years, and you can't get ahead because it's holding you back. Today, we're going to break through that. I started you off with praying, Jesus, I want to follow you because what we're going to talk about today is heavy lifting. So some of you will be like, well, man, why did I go to this church today, right? You're here on purpose. God's got something that he wants to say to you, but sometimes we got to do some heavy lifting. We really got to lean in and allow the Lord to speak into our lives. And so um, last week we talked about how to recognize our regrets. And we used beach balls, and I had a big thing of water up here, and I talked about, like, and just pretend with me, if I were to take this beach ball and I was to push it under the water, as soon as I let go of it, does it stay down or does it pop up? Boom. It pops up, Right? And oftentimes, we try to do this with our regret. We try to take our regret, we try to hide it, we try to forget about it, we try to pretend it's not there, but at every chance it can, it's fighting to, boom, back up into your life, into your ears, into your brain, telling you why you can't do, why you're paralyzed. I mean, just, it just paralyzes you because this right here, we talk about recognizing our regrets. We talk about King David. He's a great case study on somebody who recognized his regrets and what he happened with him and Bathsheba and getting her pregnant and then having her husband murdered, Uriah. And then he's confronted by Nathan. And Nathan tells him this little parable about a a, a poor man who's uh, the rich man killed the poor man's sheep because, and it's just like David's furious. And he's like, you tell me who that man is and we're going to get him. And Nathan says, you are that man. Right? If you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go online and watch week two of Starting Over. And when Nathan is, when David is confronted by Nathan, David says this. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 12. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. 
At the conclusion of service last week, we had four tables in the room with beach balls on them. And several of you walked up, and you can see on this one, I have more, and, and you wrote your regret. We recognized it. Like, listen, we got to call it out. we gotta, we got to own it and say, listen, I've done stupid stuff. Things, evil things have happened to me that have done things in my life. I regret not doing certain things. Let's call it out. Let's recognize it. And last week, that's what many of you did. Today, we're going to take another step, and we're going to look at what happens next because just recognizing it isn't the uh, solution to the problem. Now you're just owning it. Now you're saying, okay, I know this happened. I I got it. I wrote it down. This is mine. This is mine. And this one person here wrote all letters. Like, it's in code, right? But they own it because it's not about me knowing your regrets. I don't need more stuff to carry, right? It's that we recognize our regrets, and now what? Well, we showed a video last week about a guy named Greg. Today, we're going to watch part two of his video and see if you can begin to understand what's going to happen next today from Greg's story. Let's watch this uh, together. Now, I said this last week. Many of you watch that story and you connect with it on some level. Some of you don't. Many of you don't. Like, drugs and alcohol is not your story. It's not my story. There's other regrets that I write on the beach ball, right? So you have to look for your transferable principle in that story. Don't go, oh, that's not me, so I don't have... No, 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 no. Yeah, that you may not be, Greg, but there's things that we carry. And so these beach balls, we, we carry them around. And today we're going to talk about how do we release them. Not recognize. Now how do we begin to release the things that we wrote on these balls? And the way I wanted to start was uh, with some foundation that I think is really critical to help you establish your why you would release this. And I want to do this by introducing to uh, some of you for the first time, others a refresher on why this church exists. I want to give you, so if you're here for the first time, okay, good, I'm going to get to know a little bit of why New City's here. So we exist for this reason. This is our mission statement. We exist, and it's in your insert, and it's going to be on the screen, to inspire you to trust in and live like Jesus. Like this morning, my responsibility, if I'm going to fulfill our mission, is to inspire you towards something. And it's something very specific. To trust in, which is salvation, and live like, which is discipleship, of a specific person, and that's Jesus. I don't want you to trust in and live like Matt Miller. That's not the mission. I'm just the spokesman here. The mission is is that we would inspire you to trust in and live like Jesus. That he would be the one that you put all of your trust in. Not some, but all of your trust. And then yet you would model your life after him. Okay? Now, what does that kind of mean in practical terms? And this is your first fill-in on your insert. Here it is. That my responsibility is every single Sunday, whether it's Sunday teaching, if it's an open table that you attend, if you're in a Bible study sometime during the week, if you're if any, any function at New City, no matter what it is, here, here is the answer, is that I would teach us to practice here how we will one day live there. And this is called the kingdom of God. That we would practice living here the way that we're one day going to live there. You might call it heaven, you might call it the city of God, whatever you want to call it. Here's my job, is that when you get there, that you don't walk through the pearly gates and go, oh my gosh, I had no idea you guys did this here. Like some of you may have to take remedial courses in heaven on the behavior of the saints. This is our remedial course here. We're going to practice. This idea that, oh, when I get to heaven, I'll get all my stuff figured out, that's baloney. We practice here how you're one day going to live there. Here's a question that I have for you. It's on the screen. It's this. Do you think we will have regrets in God's kingdom? Come on, answer that question. Do you think that you will have regrets in God's kingdom? No, that is the correct answer. So why in the world are we going to have regrets here? Why are we going to hang on to stuff that's slowing us down here on planet earth where we should be practicing to be kingdom-minded citizens? Do you think you're going to walk the streets of gold? 
Do you think you're going to walk in heaven with your beach ball of regret? Hey, Jesus. <laughs> do you think that? Seriously, do you think that? No. So let's learn how to pop this thing. Because some of us aren't carrying one, right? Can I get these out of here? Hey, come here, you. These are our four from last week. Come here. Some of us are like, you can't even wave at Jesus. Your hands are so full of all the things you wish you hadn't done. Because you just tromped on into the kingdom of God with all of your regrets with you. Guys, that's nonsense. And I say that, and it's comical, right? It's funny. Of course you don't do this. But let's begin to practice here how we will one day live there. And we do that by learning to deal and to release our regrets. So we're going to do that today. We're going to do it by this little form that I've got on your insert. There's five spaces. I'm going to give you four. You have a fifth one to practice. So beside your regret troubleshooting guide, I want you to list out one, two, three, four, five for each row. One, two, three, four, five. And I'm going to give us a troubleshooting guide. Anybody ever broke anything? Like technology or upgrade, that kind of stuff? When you follow into the kingdom of God, it's a major upgrade for your life. When you, when you begin to follow Jesus and make, you begin to trust Him and live like Him, it is a serious upgrade from who you used to be to who you are now. And if you're not aware of that upgrade, all of a sudden uh, you're playing by a different set of rules that you don't know. Like every once in a while I'll have an update on my phone, and when, my, when I update my phone, it doesn't do what it used to do in the same way. You ever experienced that? Like how I used to get this, it's no longer there. It's completely changed and different. It's very frustrating for me. Well, when you follow Jesus, Jesus upgrades your life. Because when he says, follow me, that doesn't mean that you get to do whatever you want, but just go to church on Sunday. Jesus begins to lead your life, how you think, how you deal with anger, how you deal with lust, how you deal with money, how you pick a topic, and Jesus begins to speak into your life in that area. But it starts with, come, follow me. And so we have to begin to kind of go through this process of recognizing the upgrade and dealing with recognizing and releasing some of the stuff that we're carrying because we're going to practice here how we will one day live there. Here's the first thing that I want you to write down. Do you have regret hurting someone else? Do you regret hurting someone else? That's number one. And if you go, yep, that's me. That's one of the things that I wrote on my beach ball. That's one of the things that I carry around is there are people that I remember hurting. Could be a parent, could be uh, uh, an ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, ex-spouse, could be a kid, but there's some ex-employees or employer. There is something that comes to your head when I say, do you regret hurting someone else, okay? What do you do if that is you? Here's the first thing. The solution is this. You ask forgiveness from the person. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out, Pastor Matt. I told you today it was going to be heavy lifting. Recognizing it is great, but you got to deal with it and you got to release it. And the way you release this one is you got to have a lot of courage and you got to say, Hey, I hurt you and I need to apologize. And they may spit in your face, they may flip you off, they may curse you out, they may say, Get off my property, they may never say, Never call me again. That doesn't matter. Sometimes you have to just say, listen, I hurt you in what I said, I hurt you in what I did, and I need to apologize for that. If it's something that's keeping you awake at night, if it's something that you're dealing with. Now, sometimes, can I give a word of caution? You may need to talk to a trusted friend. Remember last week I said, tell yourself, uh, tell God, tell a trusted friend? Some of these, before you just run off today and scrape the scab off of a bad wound, you may want to talk to a trusted friend to get some good coaching. Because why? Because you may feel better, but now that person feels like junk because you brought all this stuff back up. You may make an issue where there's not an issue. In Arkansas, we would say you make a mountain out of a molehill, right? 
And so tell yourself, tell God, maybe tell a trusted friend, and their coach may be, hey, you need to call up them and you need to apologize. And then, then you get a plan of action. But if you regret hurting someone, a solution, a step of solution may be ask forgiveness. Notice what Rome, uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Paul says this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with most people. Is that what it says? No, no, who's it say? Everyone. Like, let's keep a short list of accounts, folks. Do you think in heaven, in the kingdom of God, you're walking down the streets, hey, that's pretty awesome. And then you see them. Oh, I'm going to go down this way. (laughs) You think you're going to be dodging people in God's kingdom because of past hurts and past regrets? No. So let's practice here how we will one day live there. Let's practice giving forgiveness here like we will totally receive it and have it there. Number two is this. Do you regret committing a sin? And we all say yes. Right? What is sin? Put it there in your insert. I want to read it to you up here. It says, God hates sin not simply because it violates some law, but more centrally because it violates his what? Kingdom. It violates his kingdom. Sin breaks the wholeness, the oneness, the peace God intends for our lives in the world. Sin is anything that goes against God's dream for our lives. And so any activity that you partake in, anything that you do, even if it's something that you want to do, even if it's something that you think is fine but God's word says is not fine, anytime you take part in that, you are disrupting God's kingdom. You're disrupting the flow of what he wants. And so like, do you think you're going to sneak and look at pornography in heaven? Seriously, do you think that? Do you think you're going to have the affair in heaven? Bathsheba's going to be there, and I heard she was pretty good looking. Are you going to steal and cheat and take advantage of people in heaven? No, so we don't do that here. We practice here how we will one day live there. This is the kingdom life. This idea of I'm going to do whatever I want whenever I want is not kingdom living. It's selfish living. And so if you are a person who has regret of committing sin, which we all do, what do you do? You ask God for forgiveness. You ask God for forgiveness. Um, okay, this is not funny, Matt. This is serious, Matt, right? I like being like Larry Cable guest sometimes. This is not. I read these this morning. Read some of them last Sunday. I read these this morning. Dude, this is some heavy stuff on these beach balls. You guys weren't playing last week. And on every beach ball, if I, my memory serves me correct, there's at least one word on there that I know creates a lot of regret. And it's that word abortion. Like some of us in this room, some of our women, some of the men that come in uh, with this regret of abortion. And, and so I know this is extremely sensitive and carries a lot of weight with it, okay? But we have a friend in the room. Her name is Rachel Brothers. Rachel, you want to stand up so people know who you are? Rachel is a part of Rachel's house. And... Um, she is someone who cares for families who are going through this, okay? I've asked Rachel if she would make herself available, okay? She's not going to be up here today because we don't want to embarrass anybody or create some kind of false shame. But Rachel's going to be at the back of the room today. And um, if you want to talk to her, here's what I was going to ask, just to spur of the moment. Uh, let's let Pastor Charlie know, Rachel, your contact information, that somebody can stop by the welcome desk and get your number, your email, and maybe contact you through the week if they want to talk. Because I know, guys, we want to see you heal. It's stuff that you wrote. I'm not writing stuff on the beach ball for you. Please hear that. But we want to see you win. We want to see you heal. And we want to see you release this regret that you're carrying. 
because I know it can be heavy and it can be because I've done this for a long time now and I know the conversations. So we're here to serve and partner with you if this is a part of your story. Amen. And I want to pause and I want to pray for those of you who are in that situation now. Can we do that? Father God, we come to you asking for such peace and grace on any woman, any husband in this room who somewhere along their journey, they've had an abortion and they're, and it's just, it will, it's just, it's there. Will you bring healing into their life? Father, will you give them the courage to talk about it? That there is no shame, Father, but there is love and grace. That your love and your grace is bigger than anything that we might ever do. It's in Jesus' name that we pray this. Amen. Amen. So some of us, we have sins that we need to ask God to forgive us from. Um, and we move on. This is what King David did. King David, I talked about Psalms 51 last week. We read the whole thing. I'm going to give you a portion of it. Psalms 51 is where David, after he commits the sin with Bathsheba and gets her pregnant, tries to hide about having her husband killed, uh, got a lot of stuff in his life, right? A lot of things going on. Adultery, a child out of wedlock. He's got uh, now murder on his, on his resume. And so he, he's feeling this. He's feeling, and then, he's, then he hides it because he's the king and he has authority and money. Boy, isn't that the world we live in? How many, how many uh, famous people have been able to hid, hide their stuff because of money, right? And they're, they're able to hide their regrets because they can pay people off or keep people quiet. And, and here David thinks he's got it. He's used all of his power. He's now married Bathsheba. He's good. But oh man, God always sends a Nathan. And God just sends a Nathan to, to just, boom, to bring that beach ball of regret back up in your life. And then you either fight it, you run from it, or you own it, even if it's painful. And David owns it. And he pins Psalms 51. Let's read this together. I'll read this from. I'll read it to you. It's on the screen. It's a great prayer of forgiveness. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Not your goodness, by the way. God doesn't have mercy on you because now you're going to do better. No, no, no. God has mercy on you because he has an unfailing type of love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Create a pure heart. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Man, let that be our prayer this morning for those of us who are dealing with sins that we created, that we've recognized, but it still is messing with us. I love this one. 1 John 1, 9. Look what the disciple John wrote. If we confess, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess. That active confession is with your mouth. It's speaking the words. Tell yourself, tell God, tell a trusted friend. Tell yourself, tell God, tell a trusted friend. This is sissy pansy forgiveness. Oh God, please forgive me for everything I've done. Come on. Come on. It's going to be hard. You find that quiet place. You get on your knees before the Lord. Lord, I agree with you that this activity that I did, or maybe this activity that I still am, is outside of the bounds in the kingdom of heaven. And I repent of this and I am sorry. Will you forgive me? And then you find that trusted friend and you confess it to them for accountability in your life. Tell yourself, tell God, tell a trusted friend. Let's have the third thing. Do you regret making a mistake? Yes. Yes, right? This is maybe the lightest one of the three. If you regret making a mistake, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. 
Why do you think you're the one that has to be perfect? You're not. And you're going to say stupid things. You're going to do stupid things. Forgive yourself. Make it right. Okay? Number four. We're going to camp out here a little bit. This is the hard one. You're like, this is the hard one? This is the hard one. Do you regret being hurt by someone or something? And if so, forgive the offender. All the brakes hit. No way, Jose. You don't know what happened to me. I bet I got one that matches you. I bet I have a story in my life that there ain't a mommy or a daddy in this room that wants. I bet I got hurt and pain that nobody in this room wants to carry. I'll show you mine, you show me yours. Right? I'll tell you, I'll show you the scar. I'm not some pastor up here that's not had any pain in his life, had serious things to work through. For a year of my life, I sat in a garage in a chair, crying my eyes out every morning. And having to get up here on Sunday morning and talk about God's love and how God protects and all these things. I'm not some stranger to pain. I'm not void of heartbreak and questioning God's love. I'm not a stranger to those things. But i got to tell you my process. Because unfortunately, God doesn't say in His Word... If these things happen to you, you don't have to forgive. Can I show you what God's word says? Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. This, one, this next one is the one that, that I dislike the most. But it's Jesus speaking. This is not the Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter. This is Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says. This is at the conclusion of when he teaches us how to pray. Father, forgive our debts as we forgive those who, for, who sin against us. He then says this, Matthew six fourteen. If you forgive those who sin against you, notice that word if. If means it's conditional. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That should scare you. It frightened me. If I choose not to forgive, then God says, I can't forgive you. What happened to me uh, as a part of my story, one day I was uh, sitting in my chair in my living room, and I was weeping, and I was mad, and I was sad, and I was hurt. And in that moment, God did something that I did not expect. He reminded me of regrets of the similar nature. Not exactly the same, because I hadn't done that. But I, too, had hurt people in ways that I was not proud of and that I hoped never popped up. And sitting in my chair, God began to reveal to me, you too, buddy. Maybe not the same. And now I am like, like crying, like, oh my gosh, what a sleazebag I am. I, hadn't, I never thought of it. And all of a sudden, this beach ball just keeps popping up in my life. And you know what I, God real, taught me that moment is that I am not some vase that gets to receive all of God's love and forgiveness and store it for myself. I'm a conduit. I'm a water hose. I get it and I give it. I get it and I give it. God knew in that moment, God told me, I've forgiven you for all of these things. I just want you to know that I have forgiven you for all these things. And now you're refusing or you're struggling to forgive those who have hurt you. Matthew 6.14, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's challenging. It's hard. I can remember the day um, when this incident went down. And I went up to this individual. And I gave him a hug. And I whispered in his ear, I want you to know that I forgive you for what you have done. 
but I also want you to know that I will use every resource in my power to make sure you never do it again. And both of those things are true. And they will always be true. Every time I think of this person, I pray for them. I pray that they are following Jesus. It took me a while. For the longest time, I prayed that they would really get it. And I prayed that they would suffer and that they would hurt. And then one day I'm driving down the road and I'm, again, crying. I'm telling you, I was a mess. You guys might not have known it, but I was a mess. And I'm crying. I'm driving from Starbucks to my home. And not because I'm out of coffee. I'm just, there's another reason. I'm crying. And this thought comes to my head. Who's crying for this guy? Because I know who my tears were for. And I begin to think, who's crying for this guy? Who is crying for that family? Who are the ones that are weeping for them? And the answer was nobody. And so I began to. Wow, Matt, that sounds... Can I tell you it was a year? I'm not talking about a 30-minute journey, guys. But this idea, I'm able to talk about it. Hating. By the way, forgiveness does not mean that you agree with what happened. Forgiveness does not mean that you condone what happened. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you're going to do life with that person. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you think it's okay what happened. No, no, no. Forgiveness means is that, you know what? I am trusting completely that God has got this. That God is my righteous judge. Because the truth is, Matt Miller might be too harsh of a judge, or I might go too lenient on him if I was a judge. So I'm going to trust God with being the judge of this situation, and I'm not going to carry it around. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to do my best to protect everyone else with every ounce of resource that I have. Does that make sense? Holding on to it and carrying it around, because some of these things, they, man, I'm telling you, they pop up to the weirdest times. And you spend your whole life disabled spiritually because much of your energy goes to keeping this regret, keeping what happened to you. You keep it suppressed because you just don't want to deal with it because it just hurts too much. It's too painful. What went down is just too, too painful. Can I tell you something? There is freedom here. I still hate it. I hate it. But you know what? I'm going to trust in and live like Jesus. That he's got this. And I'm going to trust that scripture where Paul says, For all things work for the good. For those who love God and are caught according to his purpose. Band's even about to do a song saying, Curtis and the ladies are going to sing a song, It Is Well. Why don't you guys come on up, Curtis, and get ready for that. But we're going to do this song, It Is Well. And that doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean that it's right. But like it's, it's coming to this place where you're like, You know what? What you did is wrong. And maybe we go back to that point one. Have you hurt somebody else? Like this full cycle now. And you're like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe, like I was the instrument that brought great harm into somebody's life. Begin the process today of giving this regret to Jesus. Guys, it's heavy lifting. And can I just tell you something? Some of you, the way that you're dealing with it right now is you're trying to suppress it even more. And you're trying to talk yourself out of why it's not a big deal. It's there. And you're at New City this morning on purpose. There's a lot of places that you could have gone this morning at 10 o'clock, but you came here. Let the Lord speak to you this morning. Let Him take it. And let Him give you direction in your life. This next song, it's not a worship moment. It's a reflection moment. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to process. I'm asking you actually to come up with a plan maybe. What do you need to do next? Who is the trusted friend that you need to talk to? Do you need to talk to Rachel sometime this week? 
Do you need to set up a meeting with one of the pastors at New City Church just to begin to, uh, 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 what do you call it, talk about uh, what's going on in your life? Doing nothing is not the answer. Tell God, tell tell yourself, tell God, tell a trusted friend. Confess your sins to one another and you will find restoration. You will find peace for your souls. Guys, would you pray with me this morning? Father, may these next few minutes just be moments of reflection, grace. I ask you to pray. I want you to look at me real quick. Sorry. Sorry. Get your, make your neck sore. Any word that you hear in your head or heart of accusation is not of Jesus. Look at me. I'm serious. Any word of accusation is not Jesus. His death on the cross, the simple gospel, is that there is forgiveness for all who come. And so Satan's a liar. Or as my daughter Christy thought it said this week, Santa's a liar, right? It's not Santa, it's Satan. Satan's a liar. Jesus does not come at your life with a pointed finger. He comes with outstretched arms. Follow me. Now let's pray. Father God, may we receive these words as encouragement this morning. May you help us lean in to releasing our regret. It's in Jesus' name, the powerful name of Jesus, the one who has all authority. There is no other. There is no competition. Jesus doesn't have, a, have an adversary that is equal with him. God, we follow the one true God, the God who became flesh and dwelt among us. Make your home in our lives this morning, Jesus, as we recognize and release our regret. It's in Christ's name that we pray.